Welcome to Insight Exchange, presented by LEK Consulting, a global strategy consultancy that helps business leaders seize competitive advantage and amplify growth. Insight Exchange is our forum dedicated to the free, open, and unbiased exchange of the insights and ideas that are driving business into the future. We exchange insights with the brightest minds of the day, the most daring innovators, and the doers who are right now rebuilding the world around us. Welcome. The connected home ecosystem comprises an estimated 1.8 billion smart devices, and it's climbing. I'm Gavin McGrath, Partner and Managing Director in LEK Consulting's Digital Practice. And in this episode, we'll explore the connected home. Can your company plug into opportunity? In a recent LEK Consulting survey, 89% of current connected product owners considered purchasing a connected device within the past year. Moreover, 60% of connected product non-owners also considered purchasing a connected device. Depending on the product, search volume for key connected products increased two to three times from 2017 to 2022. And despite variations in the speed of penetration growth, most third-party forecasts expect increases of more than 20% for the next five years or so. Factor in the new industry standard, Matter, which enables greater interoperability, and this presents an obvious growth opportunity for an array of prospective players. This includes members of the investment community, as well as players within industries that have an organic connection to the space across a range of product categories. We will discuss key takeaways, including how the connected home ecosystem continues its rapid growth. To be successful, companies need to first determine whether they have a role in the connected home and then where that role is. Lastly, companies also need to determine whether they will be orchestrators or enablers. To provide insights on these topics, let us welcome our experts, Paul Bromfield and Corey Highfield. Would you please each take a moment to introduce yourselves? I'm Paul Bromfield. I'm one of the coordinators of our residential services practice, and most recently I've spent a, a lot of time in the connected home space. My name is Corey Highfield. I am a principal in our building and construction practice at LEK, spending a good bit of my time in the digital world as well within connected home. To start out, what are the key success factors for companies seeking to capitalize on the connected home products market? Well, Gavin, it's a, it's, it's a great question, and you covered some really key and important points in, in your opening remarks, that there's just tremendous growth here. So lots of opportunity, but also lots of players. And I think if there's one success factor we highlight most of all, you know, based on, on the research we've done, is that A, there is no one-size consumer. You really have to understand the consumer segments, the consumer preferences, uh, and where they're looking for specific solutions. Just as an illustration of that, uh, what we found is that uh, only 17% of respondents indicate voice control uh, is really their preferred method of interacting with, with connected products. And yet we've seen companies investing in voice control products, which not unexpectedly have not really been successful. So that's kind of one key, key factor. And then the other key success factor is really companies need to figure out what is their role in this 
ecosystem of the connected world. Uh, and that's something we, we, we can get into more detail in this conversation. Thanks so much, Paul. Corey, I guess what are those essential elements or components of the connected home ecosystem? How do they interact with each other? What are they? You've got three major stakeholder sets or segments within the connected home ecosystem. You've got devices, management suites, and digital interfaces or solutions. All of these groups are, are kind of co-mingling and, and interoperating in this connected home ecosystem. So starting with devices, this is what you'll typically think of when you think of connected home. It's your, it's your physical connected product with a sensor and interface. Could be anything from a, a smart doorbell um, to your HVAC system um, that has your Ecopee uh, kind of control with it, or it could even be your, your TV and your entertainment center. And you've got your management suites. Um, so that's really going to be your, your integrators, right? Your software that allows multiple products um, to operate in a connected system and to interact with each other. So this could be everything from your Echo, uh, your integrated platform like a Vivint, a solutions app like Rang, could be Google Home, MyQ, et cetera. And then lastly, You've got solutions. These can be service providers. These could be OEMs. And really what they're doing here is offering that incremental value beyond the, the device themselves. So it could be some security monitoring, could be predictive maintenance, could be some targeted ads um, that are being pushed through, can be energy management as you think about the, the energy system or the HVAC system in, in a household. Um, so all of these components and all of these stakeholders are, are, are operating together in this ecosystem. And as you think about um, potentially playing in this space, it'll be really key for companies to figure out where do they fit and where do they actually fill uh, a consumer need um, and where can they provide value given all the data that's operating within this system. Paul, you talked about success factors. What are the key drivers or challenges for consumer adoption in connected homes? How can companies differentiate themselves in, in the growing market? Well, that, that's a big question, Gavin. And to, to, to really break it down the way we think about it, you have to think about what's going on with the homeowner. What are the kind of major trends and drivers that the homeowner is experiencing? And then what's going on in the ecosystem? Or what I really mean by that in, in terms of the players, the suppliers, the changes in the, the technology landscape, and, and how are those things coming together? And so what we're seeing really is increasing penetration of the connected home, but with a, with a number of kind of key pain points that still need to be resolved. So homeowners are becoming much more aware of connected devices. And at the same time, the providers of these devices you're seeing a, a proliferation as, as new companies enter the market, as I you know, referred to earlier, and as existing companies expand their device portfolios. Homeowners are looking for a strong value proposition, especially as they adopt more devices. The cost of those devices becomes more important to them. The good news is that companies are leveraging scale to, to really reduce prices for devices, not universally, but in many instances. And at the same time, they're expanding and enhancing device functionality. So you're seeing an increased value proposition. 
all of these things are driving adoption. And then you add to that specific needs outside of the connected home world that are driving connected home interest and adoption. So obviously, a, a big one is the desire to reduce energy consumption, either for financial benefits or sustainability benefits, as we've seen a rise in energy costs over, uh, over obviously over the last couple of years. And then you've got companies coming up with solutions in home energy management, again, a driver um, uh, for adoption. One of the, the challenges, though, is this device and data proliferation. And what that means is, you know, there is some level of, of fatigue uh, among homeowners. And so it becomes really important for companies to find a way to create some form of differentiation as to why their solution set, whether they are a solution provider or whether they are a device, that's really giving value uh, to the homeowner. Corey, you talked about the three essential components of the Omega system and, and connected homes. Those were management suites and, and devices and solutions. You know, when Paul's talking about consumers, are there different segments of the consumer in the home ecosystem for connected products? How do they vary in terms of their adoption rates or engagement levels? Uh, are there differences in demographics or things like that? Great question, Gavin. And, and absolutely, there is. There's a very diverse range of, of segments and groups as you think about the end customer here. Um, you've got everybody from enthusiasts and, and early enthusiasts. Uh, down to you know your your dabblers or you know your disenchanted um, and, and non adopters at, at the other end of the spectrum, and they all have different uh, demographic factors that can drive um, where they sit uh, in the segmentation. Uh, but they also have different customer needs as you think about what they're looking for and what they truly value. So it's really important as a a player in this space. Um, to determine early on who do we want to target with our solutions and our products and, and how. Um, we probably can't cater to everybody. It's, it's very difficult to cater to that enthusiast and the non-adopter, um, but you might be able to cater to the enthusiast and the early enthusiast. As you think about these segments, they vary by income, housing ownership, psychographic profiles, and these are all going to impact their adoption levels for a connected home which devices or which types of devices they're, they're adopting and what they're caring about or valuing in their devices. You've got your enthusiasts at the high end with highest incomes, um, strong home ownership, and they really take pride in their homes. They see themselves as kind of the forefront of those early adopters and they can own upwards of, of 25, 30 plus connected devices throughout their homes. Um, similar to them, you've got your early enthusiasts. They're maybe kind of more mid-level or average income and age, but are less likely to live in a, a single family home, but more likely to, to own that residence. They typically heavily research a product before purchasing. So again, thinking about which customer segments we're serving, this customer is going to be well-informed and, and very well understand not only the features of a specific product, but how that product interacts with other products. Then you kind of move down the chain, you've got your accidental adopters, somebody that's slightly slightly older, probably less worried about personal safety and just wants to enjoy being busy or productive. Um, they're about 15% of the market and typically own about five devices. 
you get all the way down to your non-adopters, less likely um, to be in a single family home, lower income, your laggards or, or last folks to, to come into the fold as you think about connected home. But it's, it's very important for each of these segments to understand and realize that they have different characteristics and, and preferences, and that's going to impact the products they buy, how they engage with these products, and which types of products and which types of features they're really going to value. Well, I agree with you. I probably do show up in the enthusiast segment given the years of interest and research in the space, but how widely does the sort of device penetration vary across different categories in the, the connected home ecosystem, Corey? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wide ranging. As you think about the different categories at the top of the fold, and, and probably no surprise here is, is entertainment. Um, that's about 85% penetration. You think about uh, folks kind of talking to their TVs at home to, to switch on Netflix or, or go to YouTube TV um, or their favorite app. Um, so you'll, you'll see greatest penetration, and that's usually you know, one of the first connected devices that a, that a homeowner or an end consumer might purchase. At the lower end or the lowest end, you've got energy solutions. About a quarter of adoption today, so 25%. Um, suggesting there's potential room for uh, adoption runway and penetration here. As you think about some of the things that Paul mentioned around energy conservation, sustainability, certainly when energy prices spike, um, this becomes a, a more top of mind consideration for the homeowner. Getting back towards that top end, you'll see below entertainment, but still quite high appliances and lighting. So you'll see things like uh, smart plugs or, or smart lighting to be able to kind of remotely operate these throughout the house when you're away on vacation. Um, and that can be a real value add, especially to those enthusiasts. As you think about the future and where this, uh, where this usage goes, one that is, is probably most ripe for um, strong adoption growth is connected security and access control products. Um, that's where in our work, the, the homeowner has shown most interest in, in moving next. They really value that ability to have that peace of mind when they're away to lock the door if they feel like they've forgotten it um, on their way to work or, or to drop the kids off school. There's less enthusiasm, as we've seen for connected uh, outdoor products. Again, some less so on the wellness and, and energy, but those can, can shift as uh, consumer trends and energy prices uh, change. But the, the real big importance here is you think about where a company potentially wants to play in this space. It's, it's really key to understand what are the specific consumer segments, what are the pain points, or, or what's their journey today, and what value can we as a company specifically provide, or what needs can we meet um, that aren't being met already today in the ecosystem. Paul, what challenges and risks do companies face in developing strategies for the expanding connected home ecosystem? One of the key trade-offs that, that companies have to make between differentiation versus having a solution that is, is very connected and interoperable with other solutions. So incompatibility with, with broader ecosystems, again, being very aware of what's being developed around you, particularly if it's by uh, a more powerful player. Similarly to that, as you start to see more centralized management suites potentially gain traction, there's a potential risk that you could lose the insight from your own data. 
again, being aware of what is happening around your particular part of the, the ecosystem is really key. The differentiation point that we talked about with proliferation and some level of fatigue in some circumstances by by consumers, it, it's important to have something that's really adding value uh, and that people are willing uh, to adopt. And similarly, as we talked about the the benefits of lower costs for adoption, there is also the risk that goes with that of some level of commoditization. And is it going to be possible to to make margin and profitability in the solution set that you're providing? We think that there's lots of opportunities to do that. But again, you have to be very much aware of, of what is going on around you uh, and, and whether your particular part of the system is being commoditized or not. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of the discussion is about the consumer and it's about sort of that consumer experience, but you've just raised some interesting thought around the benefits to the firm for evaluating these types of innovations. I guess as you think about the positive trends impacting strategy development, Corey, are there sort of opportunities that you see uh, and how should companies think about navigating those changes? Yeah, great question, Gavin. Certainly some great opportunities as you think about the way this connected home ecosystem evolves. Paul mentioned data proliferation from interoperability and, and increasing or rising number of devices. This creates potential for post-sale services, as Paul, Paul mentioned. You've got a break-fix issue with an appliance. You've got the opportunity to, to push add-ons um, for a specific product. You've got an opportunity to potentially sell customer leads or, or, or customer data. So there's the opportunity to, to monetize that. Um, but as, as Paul also mentioned, there becomes the challenge of who owns that data as it becomes increasingly um, numerous or as it multiplies in this, in this ecosystem. Is it you as, as the, the product manufacturer? Is it the ecosystem integrator and kind of that management platform? Um, so it, it's very critical as you think about this evolving space, understanding the, the data rights and, and what you are actually going to have ownership of and, and access to uh, versus a third party or somebody else in this ecosystem. Um, because there's, there's got to be shifting dynamics as increasing adoption and, and data proliferates in this segment. Um, you've also got growing demand for home energy management. Um, we've had recently in the last year or two some, some pretty significant spikes in, in home energy prices. So people have become more attuned to this, not to mention the sustainability element or the sustainability lens that plays here. So it all means that once you set your, your, your product plan or your strategy in the connected home space, it's not set in stone for very long. This is a continually evolving space that needs to be reassessed um, and continually assessed to understand where the opportunities and the risks lie and make sure that you as a provider are maximizing your potential um, or your opportunity to differentiate and drive value in this ecosystem. Because without it, you, you might have a, a strong value proposition for a point in time um, but as this rapidly evolving space changes, you could be quickly left behind. So it's one that companies need to stay attuned to 
nearly in real time to make sure that they are shifting track and, and shifting strategy appropriately. Paul, you touched on this idea of the role that a firm can play within the connected home ecosystem. And I honestly, I think that's one of the biggest questions we get from our clients, sort of what, what a organization can do to determine its role. Everyone wants to be able to participate in innovative and exciting trends, but how can an organization determine what's viable for them and what are the roles of those orchestrators or enablers within that context? Yeah, it's, it, it's a really key question, as, as you say, Gavin, that we are frequently running up against. And it's a question that CFOs are asking and business leaders. What exactly is our company's role in this connected home world? Do we have a role? Uh, and we've come up with this notion of being, and I touched on it earlier, an orchestrator or an enabler. So orchestrators are really those that are driving ecosystem change and development. Um, they're very visible to the consumer, and they're really the movers and shakers uh, of the connected home world at, at, at different levels. Enablers are really more offering products. They're offering very specific point solutions. They're providing kind of change and development and getting customers and other stakeholders sort of moving along in the direction that the ecosystem system enablers are really leading. They're, they're really sort of facilitating the, the smooth operation. Now, both roles are critical, and it's important to really figure out, well, you know, am I going to be an orchestrator or am I going to be an enabler? Uh, a lot of people would translate those as sort of, am I going to be a leader or am I going to be a supporter? And many people, of course, want to be the leader. But the leadership role is, is not necessarily going to be obvious or appropriate for, for every company. So, you know, we've highlighted in, in working in this space a number of kind of key questions that the company should should uh, ask themselves and you know some examples to really just be sort of table stakes uh, criteria as an orchestrator um, you know do you uh, do consumers have a high degree of thoughtful interactions um, and drive meaningful value from your function in the home does your offering have a compelling value proposition to homeowners uh, and do you have access to and control the access to the data of your own product? Those are just sort of the minimum things that you need to do to be an orchestrator. But there are also really key other questions to consider that's going to help you differentiate as an orchestrator. You know, how easy are your products to install? How reliant are you on, are you on upstream stakeholders? Uh, how many downstream stakeholders? And necessary to get your product offering to homeowners. These are all the kind of questions that will determine whether you can be kind of an orchestrator or not. Now, no one can predict the future, but I think we can look at players in the space and say, well, which type of player is more suited to be an orchestrator or more suited to be a, uh, an enabler? Our assessment would be that sort of controls OEMs major platform major platform software providers uh, and integrated software platforms are well positioned 
to act as orchestrators in their respective connected home systems. Those are probably the best place to, to be orchestrators. So if you're a company that's not in that group, that does not mean that you can't be an orchestrator, uh, but you do need to really pose those questions and make sure you have the right answers to take on that leadership role. Corey, what are the other crucial considerations for companies deciding whether to pursue a connected home strategy or not? Yeah, there's there's a lot that will go into that ultimate decision, Gavin. You've got internal factors as you think about their strategic direction and strategic plan for individual companies, as well as investment considerations. Is this where we want to focus our our time, our dollars, and our resources. Um, it, that answer um, will be different for for each company, um, but there's opportunities to play to varying degrees. Uh, to Paul's earlier point, you a company might look and say, doesn't really seem like a, a fit for us, but there's space for pilots, for experiments, for for partnerships and and participatory activities. Um, that give a, a company optionality um, to continue to learn about the space, to continue to stay involved, and give that optionality to to make a more full fledged investment um, or approach in the market down the road without just removing themselves completely because it's not part of the strategy today, or we've got capital allocated elsewhere in the business. Um, there can be kind of smaller chess moves or smaller plays that a company can make to to give exposure, at least initial exposure, and allow them to you know make a bigger step or a bigger movement down the road. It's really important for for companies to identify as they start to make these decisions where their preferred space or or opportunity is to Paul's. A point earlier, are we going to be that orchestrator? Um, do we just want to um, stick to being a, a product manufacturer? Is there opportunity for us to, to monetize our data and, and offer some services? So really honing or, or keying in on where we want to play and who we want to serve. It might not just be the, the homeowner uh, in the, the connected home ecosystem. It might be other participants, if you were that orchestrator and that integrator uh, across different products and, and, and different categories. And, and, and ultimately, at, at the, the latter stage of, of this decision is, is some sort of capability gap assessment or analysis. What do we do well today that we can bring to the connected home space that we can leverage or use to, to enter this, this arena? Versus where do we need maybe partners or third parties? And where do we just not have the expertise, the institutional knowledge, the capability set today? And from an economic perspective, it, it's just more efficient for us to rely on a third party or partner. Because as you develop your, your offering, your solution, doesn't mean that it has to be fully or fully made in-house. So there's there's a whole host of of decisions or stages as you think about um, a company's strategy, their investment capability, where they want to play, who they want to play with, 
what capabilities do we have and what can we partner or outsource with third parties to, to enable us to provide that holistic solution that really hits on that key customer segment for us and, and drives value. I know you've looked at a number of different examples in the research with the team. I wonder if you could touch on the Generac example, Paul, uh, as you think about how they determined position and strategy in the connected home space. Yes. So as we've been talking, obviously it can really come across, there's a lot to get right here and has anyone got it right? And we do think Generac's a, a, a good example of following some of these principles. So they really concluded that the connected home space was a, a good fit for their business, that it was something they needed to participate in. And they did the analysis to really come out with a conclusion that they needed to be an orchestrator within the energy, energy management ecosystem, just really considering the clear adjacencies and potential expansion areas that would help meet their objectives. They also recognized, though, that they had some gaps that they needed to have more thoughtful consumer interactions. They needed more controls than their core systems had at that time. They also realized that they needed to have more software capabilities that they also didn't have in place. Well, I appreciate the time today to talk about the connected home and how companies can plug into opportunity. Uh, the market perspectives, the case example, all, all really helpful. Um, thanks to our experts for uh, discussion. We're happy to provide more detailed discussions on request and invite you to connect with us to learn more about LEK Consulting's extensive experience in providing strategic support to subscription-based or growth-focused businesses, as well as investors who focus on opportunities in the connected home. Curious about success factors, consumer segments, orchestrators and enablers, or how companies should navigate these positive trends in pathway strategy? reach out and connect. Thank you, our listeners, for joining us today at the Insight Exchange, presented by LEK Consulting. Links to resources mentioned in this podcast can be found in the show notes. Please subscribe or follow for future episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, we encourage you to submit your suggestions for future insights online at lek.com. <laughs>